You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We're at season 10, episode 3. Uh, I'm John and I'm the host tonight and by all accounts flying solo because good news is that good John his wife have given birth to a baby, I think it was yesterday, so that's why he's not on, and Chris might be joining us later on, we'll see what happens, so uh, we do have a guest on, which we're really pleased to announce, we've got Megan Foley from Glasgow City, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, how are you? Yeah, good, uh, pleased to have you on, uh, I think it was maybe a couple of months or so ago, we'd kind of asked initially, but obviously there's not been much happening in terms of football and everything like that, so... Yeah. Very quiet, hasn't it? It has been, aye. Uh, so, how have you been getting on during lockdown? What's your experience been like? Um, it's been a bit crazy, actually. Like, it's been hard without your teammates there. Um, trying to train on your own has been very difficult, and trying to motivate yourself has been quite hard. But now that we're back into training and moving things about again and being in contact with other people, it makes it so much easier to train and play a bit better. So, that's been quite good. Yeah. How you been generally kind of filling your time during lockdown then prior to being back in training? Um, it's still been for me, like I also work in a gym, so it's been really difficult. There's obviously none of them are open up in Scotland just now, so makes things, my days are still quite quiet. Um, but it's a good thing is that at least at night time and during the day sometimes we've got training or there's other things that we can do with, like can be doing. So it's decent that I can fill it up with things like that. So I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. So were you given programmes by the club to like kind of train, different kind of training sessions and that prior to being back in normal training? So before uh, when we were in lockdown, uh, our sports scientists would give us uh, stuff to do and we ended up like just doing running stuff in a row and sprinting stuff, things like that. Um, and then kind of weights programmes and stuff like that just to keep us moving and keep us kind of up at that level. And then now that we're back in training, um, we've kind of got that running aspect in that anyway. So it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. So was that like, you get back in training, was it the middle of July? Uh, yeah, yeah, middle of July for that, yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? Were people in good shape or was there some folks struggling? Nah, I think everyone seemed to do really well, especially after everything that kind of happened. I think we all kind of kept ourselves really well motivated. So um, everyone came back in, we done a bit of testing and everyone seemed to be pretty much where they were at or somewhere a wee bit better, somewhere like a few seconds, but nothing to, too extreme that you would think that lockdown would do to you, so, which was really good. Um, so that put us on a good starting base for coming back into training, like going into ball work and things like that, because that's the thing that we'll probably lack the most uh, during lockdown, kicking a ball about, so it was just kind of because of the baseline fitness that we had, it was just straight into kind of ball work after that, which was quite good. So. I can, I'm guessing that must be the longest break you've had without football, five months. It's horrible trying to like, go back and kick a ball again. It's like starting <laughs> to do, like trying to kick the ball about and you're all over the place. But now, once you get the ball back at your feet again, it's, um, it's pretty decent. You can move about a bit better. So. Yeah. I guess it helps as well. You've obviously known you've had the European tie coming up as well, something to focus on. Yeah, it's been it's been good. That's kinda of always been a aim, like keep that baseline fitness, hoping that we would find a date for that coming along and then we were given the date that kinda of gave us a bit more encouragement to keep ourselves moving even more, good motivation for us. So yeah, we've been working towards that really well and um we seem to have a goal towards that. So 
it seems to be pretty decent at the moment. Yeah, so obviously that tie is getting played as a one-off tie in San Sebastian, isn't it, in Spain? 21st yes, August? Uh, yep, 21st. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting match. So it'll, it'll be quite good to play in, a, in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, even if it's just that one-off game. But it just gives us an opportunity just to push it for the one, one-off one and see what happens from there. So... I mean, it could turn out it works out in your favour in terms of one-off tie, as opposed to maybe two legs, they'd be considered favourites anyway, but the one-off tie, you never know what happens someday. Uh, it's like one of the ones that you just need to go for it and hope for the best. Like, you never know, sometimes these teams have an off day, like we might just get really lucky. It's We could just really go for it and, you know, every side has a weakness, so as long as we just play to our strengths and work towards that, then you never know what can happen. It's... It's just pretty much a guessing game at this point, but I'm sure like, if we just work hardest, we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, I was looking when I was kind of researching for tonight, I noticed you made kind of three new signings, so kind of good quality signings. So have they kind of settled in pretty well? Yeah, everyone seems to have settled in uh, pretty good, actually. Um, seem to have gelled with the team really well and um, some really good talents that we've brought into the side. So hoping that they can bring their experience into our style of game and play alongside us and help us along the way, which is really good. So, um, yeah, a couple of good signings we've got there. Yeah, because I've seen what you've signed the South African captain, with it, Janine Van Wyk. Yes. I just named right. Um, and then there was Christina Frida. Yes. She's got something like 250 goals in three seasons, I think, just under that. I know. Crazy. I know. It's absolutely crazy. And it's She's good a- to have these sort of people in, like, it's, like, good experience for us and pushes us as players as well, which is good. Yeah. She's on loan, isn't she? Is she just on loan for the season, or...? Um, I think she's on loan, but I, don't, I can't remember how long for her. I wouldn't be able to tell you for that, but, um, no, it's good to definitely get two players like that in as well, which is decent, so... Have Wilkesburg made, made any kind of changes in terms of their, to their squad prior to the time, or are they much the same? Um, I'm unsure about that actually, which I probably should uh, look into it a little bit more. But I kind of just keep focusing on what we're kind of doing rather than looking at the aspect of what their side of the game is. But um, I couldn't even tell you the answer to that one. So, oh, that's all right. I don't feel I don't feel so bad then. I couldn't find out myself then <laughs> uh, with regards to that. So, in terms of like the preparation for looking at the the opposition, when would that kind of start? Um, we've kind of we've always kind of thought like we had it on the back burner anyway, with it being quite close and then obviously lockdown happened. So, but the good thing is uh, BBC Alba had their games online uh, on the telly, so it was quite good for us basically being able to watch them. So that's gave us a little bit of extra time to kind of look at how they've been playing and the kind of ways that they play, which is good for us to then now that we're back at training implement that into our game style and try and work against it, which has gave us, since we've been back, quite a bit of time to, to look at that. So that's always been an added extra, like kind of bonus for us, so, which is quite good. Yeah, because they've managed to finish their season, didn't they, as well? Yeah, they managed to finish it off. Um, I think they had, I can't even tell you how many games they had left, but um, there was a good couple of games that were shown, which was good. Um, I think they ended up playing, there was a cup final as well that they played in. As well, so it was good to be able to watch what like different sides of things in a competition what they look like, but also in the league style of game as well. So, um, that was pretty good, yeah. And then the game itself against Wolves is on BBC Alba as well, isn't it? They're covering yeah, it, is, which is good. I can remember, yeah, which is good. So, that'll give people an opportunity to at least like see the two different sides of the game, like 
um, see like the bigger teams and then ourselves as well, which will be quite good for like, people to just see both sides. Yeah, definitely. Because the more exposure, the better for women's football. Because um, obviously, at one point, there was the the point. Well, I don't think there'd been a, a chance that tie wouldn't have been played. But obviously, the financial side of things, there's been, not been any money coming in for a few months, and there wasn't maybe as much talk about the women's game. What's happening? When's the women's game going to restart? Um, it was all about the men's game and what was happening. Whereas it was, if it wasn't for maybe is it James Anderson came in, and he's gonna yeah. help out with paying for like the likes of testing and getting his over there to Spain and different things like that as well so taking a big help with that Yeah he's helped so much and uh, thanks to James Anderson he's done a fantastic job with helping us uh, with testing and everything else that's going on and helping us get to this Champions League tie so um, we have to appreciate that we've got to take it with both hands and take the opportunity but it's good that the women's game's kind of starting to get promotion again now it always was that kind of sitting on the back burner going, do we know when we're going to start? Is it going to start? Like, what's going to happen? Is it just going to keep getting pushed off again? So it's quite good that now that that's getting the exposure on the telly, but not just the Scottish football, there's also, like, the, the German game being on there as well. So, which has been good because it just shows people that it's not just in one country, it's all over the world now that the women's game's getting promoted, which is good. That's what we want. We want the game to grow. So it's good that BBC Hall has done that. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the World Cup as well helped um, massively. Uh, but yeah. just getting that continuation or like keeping it to the forefront that folk yeah. don't just forget about it and, and stuff like that. I know. I think that's a good thing. Like the World Cup done really well. Like kind of that gap in between that we always have. Like that's where you kind of lose the kind of dip between the women's game. People kind of forget about it. But with the World Cup being in there, it kind of filled that gap. So it kind of kept it going throughout the full year. Um, so that kind of helped uh, the women's game massively. So that was decent. Aye, definitely. And then you've now got a confirmed date for the, the league. Well, I was going to say starting again, but it's not going to be starting again. It's going to be a, perhaps, technically a brand new season. Is it yeah. October the 18th or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it's 18th um, of October, if I'm right. Um, yeah. So it starts then, um, and it'll just be a brand new season. So the last one was just null and void. Um, they just kind of cut that all out. We only played the one game in that fixture anyway. Um, so we decided, I think they've just decided to scrap it all and go fresh from October and play the Winter League, um, which um, we used to play the summer one. So now changing it back over to that, we'll see how that goes for everyone and just take it from there. Yeah, because the summer football has been in place for quite a while in this game, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been, from what I can recall, like probably a good number of years anyway. It's been in that kind of summer league um I think they were always trying to change it back to winter league again. So it was like all that kind of, how did they do it? Did they just rest all the way through? Did they have a miniature season where you only play each other once? Like, how do you fill that gap in between? So, like, maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise that sometimes that kind of happened and we now fill that wee gap. It's not great, but obviously everything that happened. But yeah. and it gave us that sort of area to then move to this winter league. So... Can't, um, we'll see how that goes from there. Yeah, do you think that'll kind of, there'll be a bit of adapting in terms of kind of playing in the winter and stuff like that again? I think so, like, oh shit, it was a summer league for us, but we are in Scotland, so it just seems <laughs> to me, um, when it hits roughly around about, what, February, March time, when our league would usually start anyway, quite a lot of games get cancelled because it yeah. was bad weather, so we're kind of hoping now winter league, yeah, going into November, December, and January's not that great, but hopefully that the weather holds up a little bit 
um, better than what it usually does in February and March time just to help us get through that winter league. But yeah, it'll be a different transition for us because we're so used to playing that summer bit, having the break in the middle, but now we'll just have like flip side break towards like the end sort of thing. So we'll see how, see how it goes from there. Yeah, I suppose at least from your point of view at Glasgow City, you play at Peters Hill, which is the you can have 3G surface, so games shouldn't be getting called off that side of things, but it's more sort of away fixtures and everything. Things. Yeah, it seems to be like kind of sort of runs like that. Sometimes like your astro can get a bit solid when it's like really winter weather, but yeah. apart from that, like we've been really like quite lucky sometimes. It's just if it's really windy and you know what it's like, the conditions, it gets quite bad. So, but part and parcel of football, isn't it? Just play with the, play the game. I definitely in Scotland anyway. It's kind of always the case. So I was going to go back um, and just kind of touch on how you kind of first got involved in football. So going back, what's your kind of early memories of getting involved playing football? Um, probably started playing when I was about five. Um, went to mini hookers and stuff like that. Mum took me along there. Um, and then I started playing with a boys club actually when I was younger, up until the age of 13. Um, and then after that, uh, I moved to my local club, which was Quinn. Um, like, like girls team yeah. at that point um, after that I kind of took a wee small break and then went to Rangers later on which I moved to them when I was under 17 level I think it was right, okay. so which was pretty decent it was good we spell there and I was there for about 8 years or something like that and then after that I moved to City um, which was quite a good move for me it was a big step up so did enjoy it. Uh, definitely enjoy it here. It's a good team. Yeah. So, so when you were younger, were you playing for boys teams up until the age of 13? Then? Yeah. At that point, there wasn't really any girls teams about. It was quite yeah. good, but nothing really that I wanted to go to. All my friends were in the boys team, so I was like, oh, I'll just go along with them. Like, my friends are there. And then, obviously, adolescence kicks in, and they say you can't play with the boys, so then had to step into a women's side from there, which there seemed to be a bit more teams kicking about at that point which made life a little bit easier to then make that transition across. Yeah, and is that something we're seeing now more so in terms of, like, there being more girls' football getting played in the communities, yeah. would you say? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like, you can see more now that teams are posting, now we've also got a girls' side here, it's not just the boys' side that we have. Um, down at the local club, sports club, I know, at Quinn Sports Club, I know that we've got more girls' teams now that train, like, they've got it from, like, I think it's under fives all the way up now, so you can see that even the smaller communities are starting to get, this, like, the small, little lower age groups back into the women's side as well, and even your bigger teams, like Ranger City, Celtic, all that, they do have the women's side definitely growing in it and that's what you want to see. You want to see women's games starting off a little bit earlier rather than just being at the higher age, age gap. Yeah. I definitely, because I remember my, my boy, he played football and there was a girl on his team and she got to the point where I think she was like about 13, probably same as what you said yourself and she couldn't play with it anymore. She had to kind of go and play with a girl's team and she had went to Kilmarnock. It was Kilmarnock she had to go to. Um, they had a good reset up there, but uh, I think there was a thing in Holland recently. They've announced that in the fourth tier, it's an amateur league. They're going to allow mixed, oh, aye, mixed teams. So oh, just to kind of see how it goes. Yeah, I suppose so. Like it's quite good. Like you can see, like females are just as talented as what the guys are at playing the sport. There's maybe just that physical aspect of things where they're that bit bigger, they're stronger. Um, but females, like, we've still got the same talent as what the guys have. It's just trying to find that balance in between uh, the, fi- the fine lines, you know, what you want to call it. So. Yeah. 
arguably more talent as well just now considering the men's team haven't got to World Cup since 1998 so. yeah we'll just stick that one in there <laughs> <laughs> put it in there as well so in terms of your, kind of, your memories kind of playing football at an early age was it the usual kind of bad pitches turning up at that kind of thing like yeah, it was, plays uh, and different things like that did you, did you suffer the blaze pitches um, no, actually, well, there was a few blaze pitches at school, but we kind of always went for the kind of grass side of things. But um, I remember playing in a blaze pitch once, and I, oh, I did not like it at all. It was just so slidey, and you know what it's like if you end up tackling somebody that was like grazes up the legs and things like that. But um, no, it was kind of always a grass pitch, but always had like the hill on the pitch. Right, okay, aye. <laughs> and then a big bobble underneath. <laughs> um, no, it was. As you can see, like the game's definitely growing. There's pitches everywhere now that seem to be getting so much better. And even for the younger age groups, are maintaining the small pitches now just to make things look good. But aye, it was a bit bobbly when I was younger, but aye, it was part and parcel. You just like rolling about the ground anyway at that age and slide tackling people. Oh, I definitely. And then get a turn off from your mum, like the state you come in at. Coming in. The... I know, that's it. So in terms, in terms of when you kind of change from playing kind of boys football to girls, girls football, do you think it helped, like prepare you? Um, I would say so, yeah. In my experience, I felt as if like playing with the boys up until I was that age, maybe a bit tougher, especially like moving into the girls' side. Um, not saying that playing my girls' team wouldn't do that as well, but I just felt as if, in my experience, that it was decent to play with the boys a wee bit faster, be a bit stronger than what was, especially to what, like getting closer to 13 and stuff like that. Um, but no, it was a good transition. Then I felt as if I was kind of at, at a higher level when I got to that point. And the girls just, they catch up anyways. Like It seems to get to that point when a player that's a little bit better than he comes into training, that you kind of learn off of them, feed off of them, and kind of get that energy that they have. And you kind of improve your game that way, which was good. Would you say the kind of coaching was more kind of specialised once you got to obviously Rangers? Um, yeah, it was a bit more like technical based, and for me, it was even that was a huge step up going from like winning to then Rangers. It was a big step for me, and it felt as if it was quite good at the fact that there was a bit more structure to things. It was more technical based. It was actually reading the game rather than just playing the game. If that makes yeah. sense. Um, but no, it was a, definitely a step up from what it was at the local club. But again, it's like it's football. It's as long as you have that kind of in your mind, like you kind of know where you need to be and where you want to be in a game. So yeah, Rangers did, did help when I moved up to that level. Yeah. And you there for six years? Um, eight years. Eight years. Um, I think I moved up when I was, I can't even remember what age now. That's how good my memory is. But, um, oh, that's all right. Ended up moving and then... I think I left about four years ago. Four, four years. Uh, well, when I was looking up, it said you'd signed in 2010, but I don't know if that was maybe starting with a senior team, maybe. I bet it probably would have been I, uh, maybe, because I think I was there maybe a, a few years before that, maybe two years before that. That was right. I can't remember now this, but it ends up with blank mind. <laughs> you need to go and research yourself <laughs> <laughs> to get some information. But... What happens? <laughs> Uh, in terms of the Rangers, so I think from what I had seen, they'd got to obviously a few semi-finals. So you started playing 2010. Would you have been involved in that semi-final, or was it not until later on? There was um, 2013. I probably would have been a bit later on, from what I can remember. Anyway, I maybe remember playing in one of them. 
There's one I got tough. It, was, it went to penalties against Tibbs after a 1 0 draw. And then there was one against Glasgow City in 2015. I remember the Glasgow City one, but I don't remember the, the penalty one against Tibbs. Yeah. I remember that one. So I must have either just been still down at the 17s or the um, reserves at that point, maybe. Can't remember. Um, but I remember, vaguely remember the City one. So there's. You can't remember. I just don't know, honestly, my memory is terrible, sort of. Is that, I suppose, as well, that's just like you remember more, more so games that you've won as opposed to kind of getting knocked out and different things like that, just, yeah. especially. Yeah, on the ups rather than the downs, don't we? Yeah, that down. But in terms of kind of career highlights at Rangers, what were the kind of highlights there? Um, probably there was one season um, we actually came second in the league, um, and it was it was a good season. I felt as if we were pretty sharp as a team. Um, we done really well in that kind of side of things. Um, I think I started in the fence when I played on and then ended up getting pushed pushed up top. It was just right. Um, it was quite a good season. Actually, probably one of the better seasons that I played for them. Um, that would probably be the highlight being there and just being able to to play for the team. Really, like that was like a huge thing for me when I was younger. Like being able to play for a team that was well known. Yeah. Um, was the kind of main thing. At that point, so yeah, it was good. Good to hear that. Had you grown up as a fan of anyone in particular when you were growing up, team wise? Yeah. Or? No, really, I kind of jumped back and forth between teams to be honest. And then just the Pentries winning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, was, I can't remember what age I was like, I just uh, want to support Rangers. For no reason, but yeah. now that I'm older, like, I don't really follow on a team in particular to be honest. I just kind of, if there's football on, I'll watch it. I'll not really support one side more than the other so I uh, mean you tend to watch you just watch it as a kind of fan or do you kind of get involved watching the tactics and all that type, type of thing like you... um, to be honest like, I, I'm not a big fan of watching football that's terrible right, okay. <laughs> sometimes like yeah sometimes the games are really entertaining and I'll be like right okay I'll stick that on quite like the Spanish league yeah. like Barcelona and stuff like that um, I'll put you on a little bit of English Premier League as well but apart from that um, if it's on the telly I'll watch it if it's not on the telly I'll I'll not look it up or anything that's bad but I'll watch some of it if it's there Aye but there's that much on I think as well when lockdown happened and then the German football started again everyone was really excited they were like oh brilliant the football's back yeah. but then there was like football on like about three four times a day and you can only watch so much like there's other stuff to do in, in life and that yeah, there's like sometimes if there's a, an interesting game on, like I like the Champions League games or yeah. these sort of things, like, I find them really entertaining. I think that's when teams then really step it up, or if they're trying to get first place in the league and they're playing against their rivals. Like, I really like games like that, I find them really entertaining. So, if they're on, I'll, I'll switch it on. I just kind of watch them like as a fan, like you're saying. I don't really sometimes I'll maybe sit there and go, oh, that's quite an interesting move, or quite a tactical free kick they've done there, that's quite decent. But apart from that, if, that's pretty much it for the football. Aye. And then you mentioned that Rangers obviously played kind of different positions, so you're kind of known more for playing down the right-hand side. Yeah. Where do you tend to prefer playing, like full-back, midfield? Or... Um, it kind of chops and changes as games go on, to be honest. Um, some games I'll sit and play and go, nah, I really want to play the defence in this game. Like, I really feel as if I could like, do pretty well here. And then other times I'm like, nah, I kind of want to play higher up the pitch here. I feel as if, like... I can just run in behind or something like yeah. that. It kind of just, I kind of just play it at my strengths where it's like keep things simple and if I see a channel to run in, I'll just run it. So I'm not really like any of these fancy tricks or stuff like that. So 
I'm bet you're better just keeping me outside of the pitch and hoping for the best there. But Here's your pace. Yeah, that's it. Just run. That's all I like to do. But <laughs> I think that's what everyone thinks I like to do is just run. That's yeah, probably on the outside of the pitch, if that makes sense. Probably sticking to the lines. A bit easier for me. Uh, so in terms of running, did you get involved in any of the 5K challenges during lockdown or like that? Eh, no, I didn't. No, I just done all the running that we were given, to be honest. Like sometimes I maybe go, oh, I've done about 5K there, but I'm like, oh, no, I'm no posting it or anything like that. I'll just keep it to myself. But I, I would have liked to, but I just kept it simple and stuck to the training. Uh, helps as well with your day job then if you're doing fitness anyway, so that yeah. kind of keeps you in shape anyway. Um, so then obviously after Rangers, you moved on to Glasgow City 2016. Yes. Aye. Um, so what was that like in terms of, no, how did the interest come about? How did you find out? Um, it was actually just one of the players that used to play there. She sent me a wee message and just said, look, he's interested, Scott's interested in signing you or something that you'd be interested in. And straight away, like, I was like, definitely. It's, I mean, they've always been the team to beat. Um, it would be such another big, huge step up for me just to be able to play with a side that's even though I was playing with Rangers and it was a team that you wanted to play for, like because it was a well-known club, but you, you could never beat that side. So I was always like, if they ever asked me, I'd, I just need to take the opportunity. So I just um, straight away, I was like, yeah, just uh, tell them to send my message as soon as you can. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rush, you've got loads of time. And I was like, yeah, there's a rush for me. It's fine. But no, it, was, um, it has been good here. It's just such a big step up again from... Uh, where I was at when I was at Rangers, so um, yeah, it was a good sign for me. Aye, because when we had Liano and she said the same, because she's been there, I think this is her third spell there, um, and she says, I just the difference in terms of setup and everything like that, probably the fact is when maybe it's kind of geared solely for women's football as well helps. That's yeah. the focus, as opposed to the likes of Rangers and Celtic. I know that recently the bigger clubs and the men's game are trying to maybe put more money into the women's game, but it's not their, it's not their main thing at the moment. Um, hopefully at some point it gets that equal footing um, so yeah. yeah it's pretty decent like for City just having the all women's backgrounds great it's, it's phenomenal for women's football to be able to see like a club like this has been able to stand on its own just from women's football um, so they're definitely putting their stamp on things which is good that's what you want to see um, but it is good that you're seeing investment for other clubs as well you want the game to progress as a unit so it is good that we're starting to see more involvement from these other clubs yeah, because I don't know, know one of the coaches and the, the Rangers get all set up and he was certainly saying that it's a big focus that they've been like, right, your goal is this year, win the league. So they're coming for you, basically. <laughs> uh, but that's a good thing. That's what you want, though. That kind of puts you in a, in a better place and pushes you on, I would think, further as well as players. That's exactly what we're looking for. Like, You don't want to be just going through the league, coasting through it. You want teams to be there to challenge you. You want... Like things like that, a little bit of that competitive edge back again, which is good that we're now starting to see that with investment that all these other clubs are making. So hopefully like this season will be that little bit different where we're having to fight for every single game and that's what you're looking for as a player. You don't want to go through your whole career just coasting through. So if we can get that challenge back again, that would be fantastic for the club and for the league. And yeah, yeah. Definitely. And are you seeing a difference as well in terms of players that they're able to recruit now as well, like the likes of these teams? Yeah, like you can see that they're starting to bring a lot of players, or try to bring a lot of players from down south back up here, because like, we have lost a lot of talent to down south, so 
it's like, can we try and bring enticey people to come back up again and bring up the Scottish game to a higher level? So, yeah, like the investment and money that they've brought into the game has definitely helped bring a lot of talent back up again. Is that something you'd maybe like to do in the future, play down south? Or? Um, I mean, everyone's due to play for like a big team and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, if the opportunity ever came around, I don't think anyone would um, not grab it with both hands, if you know what I mean. So. Aye. So typically, um, as you can attend to find, happens quite often when t- players go to a new team, um, they end up their first goal or one of their is against their old team, and it was mm. a bit of a cracker you scored as well against Rangers. I was actually yeah. Seen the goal. We weren't doing that great. From what I can remember, I don't think we were doing that great in the first half. And I remember like it's just getting a bit of a talking to it at half time. I was like, I really just need to go for this year. I really need to just pull something out the bag and. Yeah. I just remember having a bit of anger in me saying, like, you're a better player than this. Like, one, like, at least show a little bit of talent. And now I kind of kick the ball in my left foot. Most players... <laughs> most just a standing foot. So this one was just, didn't even think about it at all. And it was just um, just hat and hope, to be honest. And it, it went in. So I was actually really glad because glad it took me ages to score my goal, my first goal for them as well. So it was a good one to start with. Yeah, did it feel better, the fact it was against your old team? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a, a point to prove. Like, I don't know why. Like, you always feel when you're playing against a team that you wear at, that you've got, like, you have to prove a point that, yeah, this is where I'm at now. Like, I'm, I'm still a good player. Like, all that sort of stuff. It's just something that I felt as if I had to really go for. So, yeah, it was quite lucky with that one. All right. It's amazing the amount of times you see it happen, though, players scoring against an old club. So, it's like. Aye. Glasgow City obviously has been a success. You've won the league three times now since you've been there. Yeah, three times since I've been there, yeah. For that, and then there's been a kind of the cup final. So it was cup final in was it 2017 that you lost to Hibs? So, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so it must have been special when you won it last year, and especially the way it was won as well with a last minute goal from Claire Sine. Mm-hmm. Terrific goal as well. I know, it was uh, such a, a great goal to be putting in at that time anyway. I think everyone was just like, well, a bit of something special from somebody here. And she just she does what she does best and just put it in. I think it was, was it top bin for that one? Or a letter? Aye. Um, a cracker, a goal to finish a, a really tough foot out match. You think, where'd you get energy for that in the 90th minute? Oh. I know, like, see when you're that tired and you're just running down the line. See, when you know when you've got a player like that, talent, just running onto the ball, like, you know this, like she's going to be able to do something here. So yeah, we, we just have to. We done pretty well in that game. So yeah, it was a good wee win. Good celebrations. Yes, it was good celebrations. Yeah, it was good. Um, that would have been well. That would have been the first cup game that I've ever won. Um, so that was like an achievement for me, and it's one just to be able to be on the park and win that game with the team. So yeah, it was. It was good celebrations after that. Yeah. And then, how, just to ask as well, how's Claire getting on after kind of obviously recent events? Yeah, she's um, back in training, just taking it easy a little bit at a time and just moving at her own pace, which is good. But it's good to have her back in training. Like she's just bringing things up and everything like that. So it's good to have her back and seeing her getting getting into a sort of routine again, which is good for her. Yeah, and you've got great support at the club anyway because you've obviously got breathing space involved in the club. Yeah, as well. and that does help. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great that she was able to talk about things or 
if anyone has this issue, like just trying to be able to talk about it, like is we're, we're always there to help. So which is really good for everyone. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, so in terms of the manager itself, I'm an Aberdeen fan myself. So what's Scott Booth like to play under? What's he like as a guy? Um, I think he's actually really good. Like um, I pretty much like got on pretty well with him. Like he helps me out with a lot of things. He just tells me straight. I kind of that player that I'd just rather be told like that I didn't play well, I did play well, or just get straight to the point. I would rather like, and he does that. He keeps me right on track. He helps me out with things. He'll tell me to go and work on certain things. But we kind of know, like you know yourself what you kind of need to work on. He'll just add on the wee tactical things that you need, which is really good. And he's uh, definitely developed me as a player anyway. Um, I felt as if I've grown quite well under him and the girls that have been there. So, yeah, he's a good coach, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like at, at Glasgow City, what's your kind of next thing you'd like to achieve? Obviously, you've got the European ties or anything else you feel you'd want to achieve there? Yeah. I would like to just keep winning the league, like keep progressing like that, win the cup games and uh, pretty much just keep winning with them. Like the mentality that we have is that winning mentality. So if we can kind of keep that going, um, for me, I'd, just want to be able to play at the club and uh, have a good season or good seasons and just take it from there really so for me every every game that I get to play is an added bonus so I would just keep taking it from there and see how we go on and then what about kind of international kind of side of things and hopes like obviously the World Cup no is it Euros being pushed back to next year isn't it yeah, you're just pushed back. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, I think everyone wants to play for their country. Like, if it's something that was able to happen, then fantastic. If it's not, I'll just keep dreaming and see what happens. But, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, it's everyone's dream to play for their country. I definitely. Um, so, in terms of, like, growing up, who were your role models as a player? Did you have any role models? Anyone you kind of looked up to? or? Um, like, probably just, like... Out of the when I was younger, because there wasn't very many females teams kicking about and stuff like that, it was mainly kind of like from the guy side of things, and so just the usual names that keep getting picked up all the time, like your Messi, Ronaldo, all these sort of fancy names, and so for that, for the female side of things, um, probably now role model wise, like probably pretty much the majority of the players that I play with, like probably all of them to be honest, like. Every single one of them has helped me in some way, shape or form. So I have to say I look up to even the ones that are younger than me, I look up to them as well with the talent that's coming through. So I, for all of them, I would probably say pretty much all my teammates are role models. Yeah. So I can't complain. And do you think that's something that's happened as well now that the game is developing further in the country, that the talent coming through is getting better and better all the time? Yeah, you can see it. You can see it from like all over. Like the younger girls that are coming through, like they're hungry, they're there. The talents coming um, through with them, and you can see that they're able now to step up and be there tactically already, which is good. That's what you want to see the game going. Like eventually, the older people that are in the team are eventually going to maybe step on. So you need somebody to fill that gap. So it's good to see that they are being able to do that and step up to the game. Yeah, and it helps as well, obviously, they can see something to aspire to now as well in terms of the success that there's been in the women's game as well. Yeah. yeah. You are right, Chris? Good, thanks. You're yeah. punished for exercise for being late. Oh, it was like... Uh, um, so, yeah, obviously yourself now, though, you're now a role model, so how does that feel in terms of girls looking up to you and they will be? And boys? 
I'm a role model here. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, yeah, it's good. Like, um, it's good that the girls can look up to me as well. Like, to start off with, I felt as if I was at the bottom, but being able to make my way up to kind of the top, if you want to call it that. And this league's been great. So to be able to say to girls like, yeah, you might be playing with just your local club, but keep fighting hard, and you might eventually get to where you want to be. So it's just got to keep battling through and doing all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's good that people can start to look up to me for a while. <laughs> and do you get involved in any the kind of younger setups at all, like the younger groups that are in class yeah. with Sometimes younger ones will do question and answers with us and stuff like that. Um, I don't get as involved as probably what I should. Um, but, yeah, it's something that I'd probably like to start getting into a little bit more now so that people can start to see my side of the game and how I got through everything to then get to where I am. Definitely. Is that something you maybe like to do going forward, get involved in coaching or? Um, coaching's probably not my strong point, not on the football side of things, but probably maybe more the uh, sports science side of things, like the physical aspect. I wouldn't mind doing something like that with a team um, to keep the fitness side of things ticking over for them, but I'll leave the coaching to the experts. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you had mentioned that the, the young girls teams like to have um, Q&As with you, so anytime we've got a guest on, we usually like to come up with some questions as well, so we've got some for you as well. Um, so, um, first of all, this one's maybe a kind of tricky one because you're trying to say someone you're involved with is now. Who's your best manager you played under? Um, probably Scott. Yeah. Probably I... under, yeah. Um, favourite teammate? Oh, that's a hard one. Favourite teammate. Then you just pick one. Yeah, I do. It can be for any reason, doesn't it? Necessarily like for on the pitch. It could be off the pitch, like friends and that or whatever. Um, there's a few, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably say um, Jo Love. She's been good on and off the pitch. Um, she just helps you every, with everything, pretty much, which is really good to have as a teammate. Yeah. And best player you played against? Best player? Um, ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。ブラ。
touch something it would be that because that's pretty much what plays in the changing room all the time. Is that what it is? I had to get you pumped up in that. Like I have to say, like I don't listen to music, but when I'm struggling for motivation, I just shove a wee song like that on just to get my wee boost of confidence, just to get going again. But I probably a bit of GBX. Get you going. Um, favorite drink on a night out? I don't drink. Drink <laughs> oh well. These questions are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably if I was to go out and have something, probably a soda water and lime. That right, okay, that's fair enough. And right, this is a tough one that we ask all our guests. Best 11 of players that you've played with? Best 11. So Ingles would be Lee Alexander. Um, she's just a phenomenal goalkeeper. Um, so... Right back, it's probably just going to be my teammates from the now, do you know that? Um, but right back, I'd probably go um, Rachel McLaughlin and then go centre-back with Billy Ann Ross. Other centre-back would be Jenna Clark and then left-back would be Nick Dock, Nicola Dockley and then centre-mids. Um, two centre mids I would probably put Joe Love and then Leanne Crichton in there yeah. um, I'm pretty much just naming a starting 11 here that's <laughs> alright it's understandable considering the success they've had I know I'm trying to think of all these other players that I've played with uh, left mid I'd probably put well uh, yeah, sorry. Attacking midfielder, I'd probably put Hayley Lauder in, in there. Up top, Claire Shine. Right mid would be... That's a hard one. She doesn't really play right mid, but I put Kirsty Howard out there. Okay. On my team, and then left. Abby Grant would probably play. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Someone you have left out, you got a text from them and be like, "Oh, you left me out. That's terrible." I know. I'm going to get it when I go to training tomorrow. Somebody's going to be like, "Why didn't you fit me in your team?" <laughs> we can let you off. We can just put it down to your memory that you've obviously said is poor. Just put it down to that. Um, so I appreciate you coming on and all the best for the 21st really hope you get through it's thanks very much we'll be watching definitely hopefully everyone is but it'll be a good match it'll be a good match to watch to see both sides play and how they cope with it so it'll be good right Aye, well, all the best and thanks again for coming on no problem at all thank you see cheers you. Megan thank you thanks. bye so we'll move on to the what's been going on the past week um, aye where should we start? start with the the big talking point eight men went to Seoul yeah it's going to be the, it's going to be the song when it, when it comes back for the aye was that the name of the club? <laughs> aye I've been in it actually uh, it's, a pop, aye, it's a popular night spot I think the players are kind of prone to go in there in normal circumstances but Aye, the story broke out. You're just like, oh no, here we go. This is the last thing you want, regardless of club. Obviously, the fact that it's a club of support, you're thinking, 
fuck's sake. Um, and then there's all the speculation about who's been involved, who's not been involved. I think names were getting blamed that weren't involved, which I think was unfair as well. But thankfully now the players have been... Whether the players have been mentioned in the end or not, I'm not too sure. It's a bit of... So it's a confidentiality in terms of medical things because obviously a couple of them have got COVID and that, but the speculation was probably not fair on the players that weren't involved. I think that was probably the key. There was a few names mentioned that weren't involved and it was probably out of fairness that the, the players that were involved came out and put their names to it. Um, I think that was, was good of them to do. And I think they did it in a way that meant you don't know which of those was the positive test. Yes. Um, but you know which group was involved in the... Um, less than sensible behaviour, shall we say? Um, oh, definitely less. I, I mean, they're they unfortunate in that they went out for a night out. Really, should they went out for a night out in the current circumstances? But a lot of people might have got away with it. It just so happens that they did it in the same sort of time skills as Aberdeen has since went into lockdown. Yes, um, so, and also, and I, and also as well, when even under normal circumstances, a lot of folk would be like, they shouldn't be going out after getting beat by Rangers, which I don't, I can agree or disagree with that, but I, the main thing is obviously the current situation with the pandemic and all that, and I, lack of sensibility, naivety, I'd have been daft, I suppose, maybe the way they've seen it is they're mixing that much anyway, with training and different things like that, maybe they thought it's no... No, as big a deal, but yes. Aye, but there's a there's a protective bubble around the Aye. football teams at the moment, and that breaks the bubble. So, um, it should be doing that. And I know, obviously, there's been chat in the last couple of days about Lee Griffiths hosting a a birthday party for his Aye. girlfriend as well. Which again, it's not quite gone out to a pub, but you're breaching that bubble that football's currently in. It's allowing these games to go ahead. There just needs to be a bit more common sense at Aye. the moment. Um, oh, definitely. We're all making sacrifices. The rest of us would all rather bet the game than just watching the daily. Um, but we kind of need everybody to just knuckle down a bit with us and just stay in the bubble and, and keep things going as we hope we can. Aye. The good thing uh, is I've, I've complained a few times about the fix of congestion. Um, we probably get away with this one because obviously the Aberdeen Strip to St Johnson has been postponed by a couple of weeks to yeah. a free weekend, or a free midweek, sorry. Um, which, so we might get away with this one, but we don't want to be postponing games. There's not a lot of room in the calendar to do it. Aye. Good thing is, there's no been, it's not as if anyone's been like, kind of making excuses. Most of the fans are like that. Everyone's straight away been like, just stupid. Even as well, there's been some fans saying maybe the Dudley Association were in quite within the rights to say forfeit the game. Mm-hmm. Can I fulfil it? Aberdeen though did come out and say they would have still played the game and, and started even though they were without the players. Some of them were injured anyway, just now. Cosgrove uh, and they were injured anyway. Um, so really it would be kind of six players that are missing. But there's the Gordon thing as well, the likes are maybe Bruce Anderson waiting to get his chance and then he's now involved in it. He's not going to play. And I've heard now the guy we've got on loan from Leeds, Edmondson, supposedly he's out for two months. That's no, no sense confirmed, but there's a lot of speculation about that. So we're already about Cosgrove, Maine, <laughs> Anderson, that would be about him. Uh, so we imagine it being now again, that we're going to start uh, against Hammond. But defensively as well, you've got Devlin, 
now McKenna's going to be out. Considine's obviously suspended. So be interesting to see what kind of teams put together um, midweek. There's, there's, there's going to be a lot of holes in that Aberdeen team. The, the, it's probably worth pointing out that the reason that the game had to be scrapped against St Johnson was the incubation period with the rest of the squad. There was no way to guarantee that it wasn't just beyond the eight players that have had to drop it. It was. I think I'm right in saying that that is no longer a concern by the time we get to the Hamilton game um, this midweek. So that can go ahead, but there was no there was no point in risking the St Johnson game for going ahead because I mean I agree that. They would have been within the right to say, nope, 3-0 win for St. Johnson. Um, yes. But I'm glad they didn't, because I don't really want to be setting that precedent. I'd rather we were playing games with weak in the squads for this kind of thing. Um, but th- there's going to come more than just this point that like, the Aberdeen players have themselves to blame for this. There's going to be other incidents, I think, throughout the season where the, somebody or a couple of players are picking it up just for going to the shops or I think so, without doubt. Spread it around the squad. So that's my concern, is that we, don't, we didn't want to be seen to punish Aberdeen, even though it was their own stupidity, um, when they would then be setting a precedent that would say, well, if somebody picks up accidentally, what are we going to do? Are we going to start awarding 3 0 wins for accidents? I don't think we're going to get to that point. Oh, yeah, I think, without doubt, it's not going to be the last situation we're going to see with players getting it tested positive and different things like that. We're seeing it all over the place, I think. They, Champions League, Athletic Madrid mm-hmm. getting two players tested positive, and obviously they're in a situation where buyers are bubble with how many teams in Lisbon at the moment. And mm-hmm. that is it going to be turn out to be a, a foolish idea having them all there? Um, and then obviously they're all going back to their own countries and different things like that. And you can say about players staying in their bubbles and all that type of thing, and most of them will, but there will be the one or two that step out of line or whatever, and. You just have a second wave or whatever. So there's only so much you can do. We're relying on a lot of common sense, a lot of procedures, and even that isn't a hundred percent safe. So it's, it's all about risk management at this point. I well, I know myself. I went out on Saturday for something to eat and a few drinks, and we've seen in the pub social distancing was maybe no getting fully adhered to um, by folk at other tables. And you think as well, the whole household thing was it three households? My understanding is. But it depends on what the situation is. I think if I think you can match with two other households if you're in the pub. There was a group of folk that were there and I'd be hard pushed to think that they all shared three households um, in terms of the age of the bear and all that type of thing. So, aye. Maybe the pubs will end up getting closed again, like what's happened in Aberdeen. Uh, you don't get to feel in the Aberdeen lockdowns end it either if, if other cities and stuff are going to lockdown as well sort of the, I don't know if the whole country will go into lockdown as it did do but certainly I wouldn't be surprised if there's localised areas do it just the problem in pubs is people get drunk in <laughs> pubs is generally the point um, and when you're drunk your common sense tends to go to the window um, it's, again it's, it's risk management and then you see another group that you know, and you go over and go over that group, and you're not supposed to yeah. do that, and different things like that. But I, um, yes, very daft. Hopefully, the players have learned from it. Um, I'm sure they will not be making the same mistake again. There were some calls I seen the fans or oh, sack the players and all that. You can't sack <laughs> afford to. For first of all, they've made a mistake. Come out with the apology, whether and that Johnny Hayes came out. 
I think, aye, that's it done. I, I dare say the club, I don't know whether there's going to be a situation with the club um, have any further repercussions or not. I think there was a meeting on Saturday, I think, between the managers and captains of clubs and different things like that. And by all accounts, they seem quite happy with it. Aberdeen responded and reacted to the situation. So it might just be that's it. Don't do it again. And all other clubs will learn from it as well. Aye. It's been a harsh lesson, but I think it will be learned across the, the game. Trying for So, yeah, we won't. Aye. So, we ended up we only had five fixtures at the weekend because of that. It was a half 12 game as well, the TV game as well, and they couldn't even reschedule anything or get anything else in, I think. They, don't know. they show Motherwell, an old Motherwell game or something like that, I heard. But I never noticed what they should. They should. Um, uh, but I didn't, didn't actually see any live football over the weekend. So, uh, not relying on highlights again. Well, to be fair, I think it was only ended up in the Celtic game was the only one that was ended up in yeah. live. Yeah, it, it was on on Sunday. Uh, which I did catch most of. But Saturday itself, the shock, I would say, Hibs was out for one at Livy. I think I'd read a start. Livy only conceded six goals at home in the league last season. It was something around that number because I think like, two of them came in that game that Celtic drew to each. Um, towards the end of the season as it turned out um, but I, they never conceded that many at home to concede four and the goals he conceded were a, they weren't the best when it was coming to defending either it's not really like one recent they've conceded goals like that uh, they, like, obviously Nisbet got a hat trick uh, the third one for the penalty spot but his first two were all pretty much for the same side um, and I'm pretty sure the third was the same side as well so it was just not not a great defensive display for Livingston at all completely unlike them they're usually Aye. a lot more solid than that whether they may be suffering more so again from the fact they have lost more defenders because they lost Lemmy um, yeah and that uh, maybe it is kind of starting to take it still plus it's early days in the season I think Hibs are kind of pretty much tipped to do I would say third place minimum competing you never know what else could happen I mean Think. But aye, as you say, defending's poor. Nesbitt getting the hard trick, great. Second game, took all his goals well. Um, and then Deutsch scores as well. So, can you ask for much more? Both your strikers scoring. We bit of a different system, I think, to the first game. Because I think they were 3 5 2 the first game. But they went kind of 4 4 2, dropped Scott Allen, which is maybe kind of surprise some people because he obviously creates a fair bit from the mm. middle. but the width that Boyle and Horgan gives them is a big asset. Uh, Jack Ross isn't scared to make the the, the big decisions and, and drop that one, as you say, is a, a bit of an eye-opener, but can't fault him. Four goals in one game. Aye. Like I say, at a venue that many people have, have struggled there in the past. So. Yeah. That's worked out well for them. And then the other one is... What do you think was... of the penalties? What's that? What do you think of the penalties? In that game? Well, it's pretty obvious. In that game? The living someone, I think that... It was a bit of a soft push, I thought. And I thought, I mean, I thought this um, in the 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 Motherwell game as well. That the not the well, right, the Motherwell game was not. There was an equaliser ruled out for that, which was a pretty soft push as well. Aye, the boy white, the boy white for a push. So I think the pushing that looked pretty soft and the pushing the other thing looked a bit soft as well. But both obviously awarded by the referees. So. 
well, I think in other weeks it might not have been, but um, in the end it was wasn't. I didn't really amount to much for Huggins, certainly it was a consolation that penalty more than else. The 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 Muller equaliser is maybe a bit of a sore one to take because it was a late equaliser. It would have been, but uh, aye, that was. I have sitting in a, a well earned position already. Hoping I'll make order. Aye, as you say, um, I, I, I tapped him for third a couple of weeks ago, and um, they're certainly just think they started the right way. Aye, definitely. Um, the other thing as well from that. Game. Ian Boy Doidge as well continuing to start ahead of Lewis Stevenson. Looks like he's a good he's gonna be a good asset. Or is it Doig? Be Doig. Doig, yeah, because it's just to confuse matters. Hibs have got a Doig and a Doidge. Aye. With Ross County with a five Rosses. Aye, uh, they're just at the name the entire team. And they still get to play Dingwall and play from as well. I don't think he's there anymore, aye, but I did see an article when they were talking about that, how I had them him there as well. But I I Hibs looked really impressive, definitely, again. Um Levy, I think it'll be one of them they'll probably learn their lesson. I don't, I'd, I'd imagine Hull to be into them and I don't think you'll see a as poor a defensive performance from them for, for a good while. Um, yeah, I don't think so. But I, I think as well they'll try to reshape their team a fair bit as well. There's still the speculation about Dykes. I think mm. they had another offer rejected yesterday and I was saying for him. Don't know who it's from or where from. Um, you wouldn't think it was Rangers. I think their interest would surely have ended. But the fact that they brought in Itten and Roof. Possibly. But you never know, they might be looking to strengthen the squad quite a bit. Given the, the number of games that they've played this season. And the fact there's no winter break, it's just a non stop slog this season. So having a big squad, especially with the five subs things as well, can certainly do wonders. Aye, definitely. You touched on the Motherwell game. So Dundee United get a first win back in the top flight. An ex player yeah, scoring yeah. for them as well. Yeah. Mr. Reynolds. It was, uh, it was well taken. I mean, the Marvel probably should have done better clearing that corner. Um, but Brian United took advantage of it. Decent header. Aye. Um, I, I think Brian United are all chances. Did they not hit the bar after, after that game? Aye, with powers. Aye. I read in the report the keeper saved that. I looked at the replay a few times and couldn't see it. But I if, I, if he saved that, it's a great save. Sports team credit when we save anyway. They tipped, tipped onto the bar, but I don't think they've looked good so far. And they looked all right in the first game. Um, we disappointed. We kind of touched on last week. They'd be disappointed the fact that St. John went down to 10 men and they couldn't get uh, the three points. This week, I don't think Motherwell offered much at all. Motherwell seemed to be struggling so far. 2-1-0 defeats. I mean, the, the defeat away to Ross County last week was a bit of a shock. But having said that, Ross County have also had uh, two wins out of two so far. Aye. Um, so, aye, I think Mullaby would have expected to start better than this. Yeah, I think they're shaping I, 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 I mean, I tipped Ross County to go down this season, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was a jinx start. Because um, I started brilliantly, but um, so Marlborough might have expected to pick something up on the road there, and then they'd be looking to pick up at least a point at home against Dun United. Yeah. Um, Dun United being the unknown given they've just come up, but I think given the, the way they, they romped the, the championship last season, they were probably expecting to hit the ground running. Whether they'd be going to a team that finished third last season and winning, I don't know if they'd be going to aim in that high, but I, I mean, the Certainly, it looked as if they deserved it. They had a, a, a few decent chances in that game. Aye. 
but I'm sure Motherwell will get back to better form. I it, would think so, aye. aye. But they, they, they need to start putting the ball in it. I mean, that's... They're not conceding many, but they're not so well yet. Only two games into the season, but no, it's not the greatest start for them at all. Yeah, well, Dundee United are looking like they might be they might be on for, was it Grant Campbell's tip of top six football this season? The way they're performing. I so could far. be. I mean, certainly if Levinson are going to defend like that, then uh, maybe. Uh, and then you, uh, you touched on Ross County, so I, I think, yeah, you had them to go down automatically. I think I had them go down automatically. So far, I two 1 0 wins, two clean sheets. Some young players coming in as well. The boy Reed at left back. Mm-hmm. Payton's doing pretty well as well. Goal scrappy. I think Fulton needs to deal Aye. with the, the cross better. Um, it's it's a make... attempt that took to get the goal to ball on the net. Aye. And then I, you don't want it to land to Billy McKay either. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they did hit the post before that. Um, but I, it was, again, it's. It's probably an improvement for Hamilton on the previous week, given they get thumped itself to Park, but everything's going to be an improvement after that, I guess. Um, they, they might be a bit disappointed to lose a goal that way, though. Um, it just cost them a point, at least. Yeah, I think the interesting thing as well, from Ross County's point of view, is the position that Ross Stewart started the season in. He's kind of playing some deeper, playing out wide, and it's mm. kind of maybe causing some problems. Uh, it seems to be doing, seems to work quite well. Yeah. And then Hamilton and the young boy Calvin Smith that came in the team, he looked pretty decent. Had a couple of chances, but then actually they ended up subbing him off. So maybe that was all he did in the game. I don't know. It's hard to tell when it's highlights because you think, oh, our players done really well. And it turns out maybe that's all they did. They didn't do anything else. Um, but Hamilton never really kind of created much of themselves. Moyle had a header save kind of by Laidlaw. Aside from that, no much else. They say, yeah. uh, not a lot. It's, then, it's a bit more than some other management. Made you the full one day. <laughs> aye, what was it earlier? The two games. Um, aye, the, the Rangers game kicked off at three, and the, the Command game kicked off at half four. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ethan started at the bench, and you signing Roof, knowing the squad. I suppose like Gerard said that he's not quite ready yet. He's about seventy-eight percent. I don't know whether he finished the season with Anderlecht last year with an injury um, some folk have suggested that he may be as injury prone but I don't know um, potentially a good signing did well at least a couple of years ago and his record at Anderlecht when he was playing last year was good about 1-2 uh, can play out wide play as a 10 play as a striker so it certainly gives him a bit more bit more options keep Kent on his toes Morelos if he's going to stay I don't think he is but you never know I've already read about four times this season. But, uh, that's uh, Morelos played his last game, I think. But even I mean, after the, the, the Madrid disappointment for Rangers, I, I think it's a disappointment. I think everybody was expecting that Leverkusen were going to go through against Rangers. Aye. Um, but I, I mean, the Madrid Rangers did all right. It was a, a decent goal in the end up for Leverkusen. But um, they probably could have had that out of sight before the goal in the first half, certainly. Uh, there was a few decent chances that Leverkusen squandered, uh, but like I say it was it was expected that Rangers were going to go out. Um, it would be a miracle that they turned that round um, after the three-one defeat at Ibrox about eight years ago or something. Like that. Um, but 
But aye, they've come back. As, as, as games go, uh, a home game is against St Mullins, probably a good way to come back after a European game like that. Um, and it was one-way traffic in the first half. It was the, the own goal was created by the, the ball across the box by Morelos, but there were several other chances in the first half that Rangers probably could have taken uh, on another day. But uh, second half was a bit better for St Mullins. We had a couple of chances, not really troubling the keeper too much. The keeper probably troubled himself a bit more because uh, it wasn't McGregor; it was in goal. He was he picked up the McLaughlin. I wish I wish I'd paid attention because my fantasy team still had him in it. Bye, Morelos. He didn't get much of a chance in midweek, um, and there was questions being asked about that. But he did come out in this game. As I said, he, he set up the first goal and with the ball across the box he scored the other two not the hardest of goals that Morelos is ever going to score oh. um, the tap in certainly um, even had I scored that close enough couldn't have got one of us there but I tried <laughs> but aye it was it was easy goals for him but I think he did a power of work in that game and, and looked a lot more like the Morelos of this time last year um, aye, and I think that would certainly do Rangers in good stead when they eventually pick up Europe again yeah, obviously that's not they're not entering until the second qualifying round to the Europa League this season. Mm-hmm. So they've only got the three qualifiers to get past, which is only three games, obviously, if they can manage that. Aye. Um, I think I think with Manelas as well, he's a type of guy that he needs actual matches to get fit as opposed to training aye. and different things like that. Yeah, um, it could well be. I mean the credit, I mean I'm saying they were they were tapping. the build up to the third goal was 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 really nicely worked. So a nice team goal for Rangers to score and they got it into the position but it became a tap-in so you can say it's a tap-in that's taken away a bit from how good it was there was debate over whether Barisic should be entitled to an assist for that because mm. they crossed the flanks off a defender but I don't know I think you give it to the, it's still a cross I think you have sure. to give it so, but, one certainly, one thing certainly in that showing was though that Rangers last year maybe at times struggled to play against teams that sat really, really deep against them and maybe break them down because the minimum were sitting very, very deep. A lot of the time you were like eight, nine yeah. men in the box. It was almost like Rangers were just like playing a training exercise within about thirty yards in. They did manage to kind of break them down, but it was like some like thirty chances they created. Uh, it was something crazy. It was, I mean, like, again, like, if you look at what like, Celtic the previous week against Hamilton, they created something that did like kind of similar numbers of chances. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that the. It was three, it could have been more, maybe. Um, but we'd be happy with that. And obviously, that off the back of the previous week, where they had a, a tricky away tie against Aberdeen, we've got the, the maximum points to board after two games. One of three teams in the league can claim that at the moment. We've mentioned the other two, Hibs and Morris County. Aye, two clean sheets as well. Aye. I should be pleased about. And then obviously the new signings come in. The boy I can't say I know much about, um, apart from looking up his goals record. He's a one and two he was scoring for St. Allen. So, pretty decent pedigree there. Mm-hmm. Young guy, I think 23. I think he's got a couple of caps for Switzerland, scored some goals. So, could be a good asset for him. They've definitely needed some, some other options up front in attack. Cause that's probably something as well. Last year, you look at the Celtic squad, you look who Celtic have got on the bench, you look at who Rangers have got on the bench, big difference. Yeah. Uh, I think when if you if you took Edward at the Celtic team, they still had Alexa Griffiths and 
Uh, he was obviously picking up the goal certainly in the second half of last season. Rangers, on the other hand, they did have the photo shoot on, but seriously doing it as much as Griffiths was last season. Not sure about that. Obviously, then the fact that Devo's injured, that seems to have forced the Rangers' hand a bit. I think they were looking strength up front anyway. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the new signings do there. Aye, and whether, I don't know whether anyone else will come in as well to kind of try and strengthen further. There was talk of like someone coming in the middle of the park. So, mm-hmm. but that seems to go a bit quiet. Aye, I don't think the business is done yet, but um, still plenty of time to, to go. I mean, it's all bother. The transfer window's open until they obviously want to, if they're going to strengthen, they want to strengthen for the the next rounds in the, the Europa League. But I don't think the second round's until September, is it? Because I think the draw for that's the uh, 31st of August. Ah, yes, I feel a bit away. Um, so, yeah, half past four, I saw action at the Billy Bowie Special Projects. The that's Burma what it's called. Aye. Uh, I'm going with Bernie Bowie, that was brilliant. That, was in, our, that was in our chat. I'll go with that one. Aye, that was a good one. So, aye, we'll get the spaghetti hard and the Bernie Bowie. I'll no much difference, as we've had this conversation before, folk will still call it Rugby Park. Of course. And always. Rugby Park's still in the name anyway, I think. So, it doesn't make a big big difference. Um, the, it's just uh, a shame there wasn't much football played there, I guess. <laughs> it was... It was rotten, uh, as a game goes. You were saying earlier about um, Rangers were struggling to break down uh, teams that were sitting deep last season and they managed to do it this season. That's exactly what this game was. Come out as a sat deep and Celtic had no clue what to do with it. I read earlier today that they had an expected goals. I hate this stuff. Oh, I Expected goals. Of 0.3, which is about as low as Celtic ever get. Um, and I can see why, because other than Christie's long-range free kick, which really should have been stopped by the keeper in the first place, yeah. there wasn't a lot else. No, the only thing I can think of, there was a chance in the first half, I can't mind who crossed it into the box, but Forrest was just short again in a header. Ah, he couldn't quite get a header it. I thought I'd laughed at that one. And I think I, there was a, there was a header free kick, it went just past the post. Um, and I think there was a McGregor chance as well that kind of hit the... The bit of the net, you know, the, the aye, aye. behind the net that holds aye, it up. Yeah. Aye, I don't know what to call uh, it. There's another bit as well. I think it was across from Christie and Clamala was just short as well. Just a yard, maybe half a yard short, we're getting in. We're headed as well. But yeah, for all the chances, it was 17 odd chances. It wasn't anything really clear cut. And they no, did struggle to break them I, down. I, I genuinely don't remember either keeper having a save to make because all those shots were just mentioned, missed. Aye. Or they never got the end of them. And I don't remember Varkas. So. Rogers had a straightforward one from Edward at one point. It just went straight to straight arm. It counted as a save, but it was routine. Um, it, was, it was not the best of games. Um, at the other end, though, I think, before Celtic scored, Julien got absolutely done in the halfway line. Um, he then gets completely done at the penalty, which is no doubt it's a penalty. Aye, definitely. Um, there was another moment, was it the end of the first half or the start of the second half, where he just get caught under the ball completely. I don't know what it is with Julian, but he has games like this. They often come in plastic pitches. Well, see at some point, I'm sure we talked, spoke about this in the podcast last season, he came out at one point and said that he struggles playing against the likes of Kabamba and Dykes. Aye, I, that's what, that was my thinking. It was the, the big burly striker Aye. he struggles with. But he was coming up against that those kind of players on plastic pitches, so I'm not sure whether it's the big 
striker that's a problem, or if it's a plastic pitch and you're just misjudging things a lot of the time. He's had problems at Livingston, he's had problems at Kilmarnock. There is that big border striker thing that I think is probably the bigger problem, but the, the, he's not just coming up against big border strikers on the plastic. So uh, we shall see. But uh, it was not a great day for Julian whatsoever. Um, I think that there is one other incident in this. I mean, Buckle was scored a penalty. Um, so the, the game ended up finishing one each. The other incident that happened in this game, though, when Edward caught Finlay, and Finlay went down. Aye, in the penalty box. soft, but he raises his hand. He'd been given aye. Um, it could have been. And there was nothing much said about it, really. There wasn't much said about no. it. No. It, it's more of a silly moment rather than anything else, but... I mean, I was, I, it's, these things generally come out on a Tuesday, but I'm half expecting a citation for that one from the compliance officer. It depends on the compliance officer wants to be this season. Didn't want to be too busy last season, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, not a lot has been made of it at all, like you say. But I'm surprised by that because it's one of those ones I think people would normally be questioning. Yeah, I think there's... Aye. Still a bit of speculation that Edward might go. But my thought, my thinking is, I mean, we said at the preview episode, I think he'll stay for this season. He's not think? acting like a guy who wants to go. No, I don't think so. Um, he's saying all the right things. He's playing. Okay, he didn't do too much against Kamarlock, but he got a hat trick against Hamilton. I think it's hard to judge him in a game where nobody got pass marks for Celtic. So I wouldn't. I, I generally don't think anybody played that way in the game. Um, so I don't. I wouldn't criticise Edward for that one at all. No, no. I, I mean, I wouldn't single him out for it. So it doesn't look like a guy wants to leave. I don't think we'd be in any hurry to lose him. Um, certainly, we're still looking to sign strikers, but I, the, the, I think this is probably the thing that surprises me. We seem to have reverted to playing with one up front when two up front was having such dividends in the second half of last yep. season. Um, so I'm surprised we're not doing that more often. I don't know if that's because Griffiths is uh, not towing the line again um, and we're not 100% sure about Clamalla yet, which is a shame because I think Clamalla did all right pre season. Yeah, looks all right. Not sure. the, the guys that stuck out in that one um, got his. His first competitive goal last week against Hamilton as well. So um, I don't know what's going on. With that. I'm surprised we haven't tried Edward and Kamala up front in the, the game yet. Maybe after the way we played against Kamala, we'll try something different now. Um, certainly, a way to St. Murren um, this midweek would be an obvious time to do it. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I think there was, there, there was problems across the team. Um, so maybe a, a change of shape would be. Would Freshen things up a bit. Think Lennon left it. Think Lennon left it too late. Oh, the subs were way too late. Absolutely, the, the subs were far, far too late. When you can make up to five changes, I'm surprised anybody leaves subs too late anymore. Aye, because I don't it's think El had done much um, in the game. I don't think many people did much. I think that's the thing. Maybe there was too many people to pull off. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Um. Um. Kamala. Did everything right. They, um, they looked like a team that was playing for a draw, um, and they got it. Aye, you know what you're going to get. The hedge could have went down. Aye, that's I mean, the, the hedge could have went down after Christie's goal went in. 
Um, but they stuck at their task, got the equaliser um, through sheer tenacity. Um, and on another day, they maybe could have done even better. The one I mentioned about Julian getting done the halfway line, I couldn't believe they were in goal. Because the guys oh, seemed to stop as if he'd been a defender to catch him. He does recover. He does recover and block the shot, mind you. It, aye, he does, but I think he should be able to recover. That was a thing. It was a weird one. But I, uh, I say, come on, deserved it. I think uh, there's already talk of how much this might factor into the, the title race. Um, I mean, you look at it, we're only two games into this season, of course. But so far, both Celtic and Rangers have had a game at home against lesser opposition and they've blown them away. Celtic have had a tricky game away and not won. Rangers have had a tricky game away and they've won it. So, of the, the two kinds of games you tend to get in Scotland, Rangers have picked up maximum points and Celtic haven't. But then you look that back at last well season, the games that Rangers struggled in, where they were losing against the likes of Hamilton, Hearts and different things uh, like that. So, yeah. Uh, so really this, yeah, I mean, to be honest, well, I'm just being guilty of the same problem everyone does of dismissing every single other team. Hibs have started well. Yeah. Um, the last time there was a team going for 10 in a row, Hearts ran Celtic and Rangers close for most of the season back in 1997 could be the fact if you get two strikers scoring goals mm-hmm. then it's you're going to win more than you lose yeah no, you can afford to have soft penalties <laughs> just be the depth for a squad you would worry about in terms of whether they've got enough depth to put anything in a challenge can they sustain it over the case if they can do it over the course of a, an entire 38 game league season or not that's always a question we've got in these things um, I think that was Hart's problem that season as well. They just ran it dip and kind of faded yeah. at the end of the season. But aye, long way to go. Um, not going to overly panic or dropping points. Um, but as is always the case, every drop point with Celtic, every drop point with Rangers will be scrutinised, especially given that it's taken the league this season. So I like there's something to talk about anyway. Um, possibly the deal for a jet is back on. Aye, it was, I was reading that earlier tonight, um, I'll wait and see, um, but aye, it did well in Switzerland, so it remains to be seen. And then? Um, and then, because the qualifier comes in pretty quick, it's next week, um, it sounds like it's a Tuesday night that's going to be that game. Right. Um, Fortunately, um, it's actually been a 100% home draw so far for everybody. Because uh, this next week coming, we've got Celtic at home, uh, Reykjavik, um, uh, Icelandic champions. And then, should they get past Reykjavik, what would they do? Uh, it would be in round two either the Hungarian champions, Sterling Baros, or it would be the Swedish champions, Jugardens, or whatever. However, you pronounce that. It sounds like something like Game of Thrones. Aye, um, it's good that they're both at home. It always uh, gives you that better chance. Obviously, there's no crowd there, but you know you're a pitch better than anybody else, even then, and you know the dimensions. Yeah. And, um, it's it's, it's going to be tricky um, getting into the, the the latter stages of these qualifying rounds. So if we can get through rounds one and two, there's a really good chance of being in a group stage again uh, this season because then. But Celtic, the previous two seasons, have got through the third qualifying round of Champions League and then dropped out there and still made it into the Europa group stages. Hopefully, Celtic can get all the way to the Champions League group stages. Um, but whether they can do that remains to be seen. Um, 
that's they know the first two hurdles. Aye, it'd be interesting factor as well, just now as the whole travel bridges and stuff like that. You're gonna be drawn against certain teams. Aye. It's, it's a, that's the kind of sticking point is that if teams can't travel then they'll switch a home game to a neutral venue. So it's been confirmed that Celtic will host Reykjavik by UEFA. Um, so that's good. Um, whether we can host a Swedish team, I don't know. Uh, whether we can host a Hungarian team, I don't know. That would be uh, But I, uh, Aberdeen may or may not have that issue. Um, given that one of the possible opponents in England is Barry Town, <laughs> yes, um, face but before. easier to control that one. Face yeah, before um, and they, uh, bit confused me as this is round one and his ties that will be played because there's a problem there around as well. Uh, and Barry Town, I've got to face it Runovic or Runovic, yes, from Faroe Islands. We've never actually yeah. faced a team from Faroe Islands in competitive game, so uh, it'd be interesting. And Again, then, at Patrodi, which is good. Yes. Um, so, that's good. And then, uh, on top of that, Mullerville get to play either Torshavn. I don't know if you know who it is, isn't it? I think they are. I don't know if they're Iceland, are they? Tor- I'm sure that's a fair capital of them. Or they could face Glenn Thorne and what was being uh, discussed as possibly being Stephen Craig and Darwin. Yes, he's already wanting to know if there's half and half scarves. I already responded to the comments <laughs> on Twitter. Whatever there are always half and half scarves for these things. Um, so I, I say again, that would be at Fur Park. Um, so so far so good for the draw um, because obviously the draw matters this year because it's not two leg affair; it's just one. Um, if Aberdeen, Motherwell, or Rangers when they join in the second round can get all the way to group stages, it'll be. It's one one of ties the entire way, isn't it? Aye, yeah, yeah. Because which... the, the only place there's a two-leg tie is the playoff round of the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, which is the one before the group stage. So if Celtic can get past Reykjavik and then either Svarnas, Varos or Gardens, and then whoever they would get in the third round, then they would play a two-legged tie. Whereas here, um, it's just a one-off tie. Yeah, it's just four games. Uh, so you have four games for the group stages. It's not too bad. If you get them all home, probably, that's what you want. Uh, I might give us a chance to qualify for the first time under McInnes, but we'll see. Um, again, as I say, it can just depend on the randomness of who you can, who you're able to play and who you're not able to play. Well, these travel exactly. restrictions and air bridges and all that. Also worth noting that the final games that get played in Europe in the last week or so have confirmed that Scotland will indeed have a second Champions League place. Yeah which will be awarded at the end of this season. So we'll have, next season, we'll have two teams in the Champions League qualify. Um, I think we also don't lose anything. So we'll have five teams in Europe next season. So it'll be Aye. three Europa and two Champions League, um, which, if you're a coefficient person, means you now divide by five instead of divide by four, which is a bit frustrating when only one or two teams are packing up the points. But um, again, fingers crossed the, the teams can pack up more points. Um, and the more teams we have in there picking up the points, the better. So, aye. Sounds, sounds like it's Promising. a bit more positive than it has been. Oh, I um, definitely. And I, like I say, the, hopefully the, the home draws continue as much as possible. It would just be, yeah. great. Just be great to get to a point whereby we don't need to worry about qualifying rounds straight in the group stages. That would be the dream. Nah, that's... That would be the, the real dream of the group stages. But I um, don't think I do. I think 
the, the teams will be starting later as well, actually, because I think for next season, we'll have team more than just Rangers in the, the, the second round. Aye. Um, I think there's, I think champions would start in the second quarter of the Champions League and possibly in the third, depending on how it all finishes. Because obviously with the 1920 tournament still going, there's still potential for it to switch around slightly. Because I think we're sitting 14th at the moment. And 14th, if winners go through automatically, then the 14th team might have their champions start with the third qualifying round. So I, it's all uh, to play first time. Aye. And, and it's all about maintaining it as well this season. Aye, definitely. And then today we saw domestically the cup draw for the, the Betfred Cup. Yep. The first thing that jumped out to me was Group G, which has no not only a Glasgow Derby, it has a Renfrewshire Derby as well. I still don't know why they call it a Renfrewshire Derby. Has not has Greenock ever been in Renfrewshire? I know. I don't know how they manage that one. My mind is a Morton fan. He's not. He's not happy with it because he's like, some will be up to speed with it other than what we are by the time it comes. Right. Said, you never know. You never know. Uh, it's a good point. It's uh, it's it's very weighted towards the teams that are in the top flight, um, and almost every top flight team has been kept apart, with the exception of St Johnson and Dundee United, um, who ended up in the group with Kelty Hearts, and that as you pointed out, has also got Breakin City in it. So we're getting our playoff. Yes, we are getting yes. the playoff being there. Aye. Um, the other thing that sticks out, Group A has now got a team from the top flight. Hearts yeah. SK will be three Rovers and East Fife. Was it group? I, I did laugh when I noticed that I had Hearts and Wraith Rovers. Aye, yeah. One team that suffered from the vote and one that didn't. Um, and speaking of the vote, Dundee are in with uh, Broader Rangers. The other team that got uh, denied possible promotion into the, the SPFL. Both Rangers are in that group as well. Aye. Um, and Hubs as well, that's all. Uh, Broader Rangers and Hubs. That was interesting. Uh, but I guess um, I'd imagine St Johnson Dun United is going to be picked up by the telly given it's the, the, the only top flight game in there um, I hope they pick up things like the Glasgow Derby and the Renfrewshire Derby and maybe Falkirk and Fairman that could be a, an interesting game as well yep yeah, I definitely think of a rival with you um, maybe, maybe they'll stick to like Kelty or uh, Brother on the telly as well I didn't know why we could spread the wealth I say um, and then you've got a situation the final's going to be in February the next year this one yes right, so not, not, it's oddly not even quite as late as it was a few seasons ago before they moved it back into the end of the, the, the calendar year so uh, February's good amount we're just going to get used to cold finals this year because obviously the Scottish Cup final still to get played in December <laughs> the only Should decent be. final we're going to get next Scottish Cup in May should probably be used to cold finals anyway, living in Scotland. Ah, well, I suppose I've been to cold finals in May. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. Scottish Cups, still in my head, the cup of final always gets played in bright sunshine, even though I've been to Scottish Cup finals where it's chucking it. But... <laughs> aye, but I think there's usually a, a, a good percentage of finals aye, in sunshine for the, the Scottish. Certainly when I go to Junior Cup final, pretty much every time I've been, it's been good weather. I've been sitting there in shorts and all that. Which is usually unheard of going to football. Aye, it's, it's always good when you get a just. I'll just wear my my top. Not aye, really, like a game. But aye, it's. Uh, let's say I have been to uh, finals and it's 
Blazing Sunshine, but there has been things like the, the 2011 Cup final where we beat Marlowe 3 0. To this day, I still don't remember the slow motion camera. Charlie Mulgrew's free kick and it hits the, the back of the net, and all the raindrops just fly off it in slow motion. Actually, artistic uh, free kick that one. And then the knee slide that goes with it, but it just carries on for a while. <laughs> so, aye, there's, there's definitely a rainy cup finals. But, aye, it's, it's, and yet, in my head, it's always a stunning one, even though I'll have evidence to the contrary. So, aye, the, 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 the League Cup final last year will be freezing. The Scottish Cup final for 1920, which is at the end of 2020, will be freezing. Might be with snow. Great Christmas. Why snowball fights and all sorts <laughs> in the final? It's been new for a final, but I wouldn't be the first time we've snowball fights that much. Something I noticed earlier: Aaron Hickey had a, a wee visit to Bayern Munich at the weekend. So Ach, we all like a wee visit to Bayern Munich, do we not? That's an odd one. I, I, I think Aaron Hickey's a decent player. I don't know if he's Bayern Munich quality. Hard to say, but they've been pretty good recently at signing kind of young players. Some boy Alfonso Davies at left back, he was signed from Vancouver Whitecaps at the age of 16, 17. You never know, I suppose, just getting involved in that young set. You've got the young Scottish guy as well, Liam Morrison's there already. Scottish guy. Um, it's one of those ones you think are you wanting to play, reg- play regular football first team or maybe go there and a chance of breaking through. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's best. I, 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 let's say I don't know if he's by a minute quality. Um, but if he can get in there and he can get in the team, good luck to him. All in favour of players going off and seeing beyond just the Scottish League. Um, it never seems to quite work it. Um, obviously, we had. Um, Oh, Ryan Gold. Aye. Aye, went to Sporting Lisbon, which never really came to anything. Um, you've got Liam Henderson, Juliana um, as well. Aye. He obviously dropped down the league um, in the CRP, but he got promoted, so it's a bit more hope there. But again, Liam Henderson seems to have disappeared off the radar of most people. Um, so whether it works out for you, I don't know. I, 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 I would like to see it work out for most players, but it never quite seems to do it, so it's, it's got to change at some point, surely. Aye, I, I suppose as well, it's kind of young, maybe get time in the side, I think, maybe get a go and see what happens. Aye, that, like you say, that's the thing, he's, he's air style young stuff, so you never know, it's always a, always a chance of something, though. Nah. Anything else? Oh! I know what we've forgotten about. Um, and I, I'm trying to think myself of a, a goal that's worthy. Pick it out. I feel like I should mention Ryan Christie's goal, but I still think he keep much of the Yeah. He maybe deserves it um, for not having the audacity to try it. Maybe. I mean, the, the, the only other one I can think of for being quality, and as I mentioned earlier, was the second Morelos goal that was a tap in. Because of the build-up play before Because of the build-up, I... I'm struggling to think of anything that truly stood out. Um, Certainly not the Ross County goal. 
No, no, that took what, 15 attempts to get that over uh, um, And I think the most of the Hibs goals were all just too easy. Aye. Dundee United goals are in the back post, it's, so it's not a contender. Aye, if, uh, if the one that get tapped out of the bar, I don't know, they'd probably given it to that. But I know. Um, So then we've got Ryan Christie having the audacity to try it. Or the team go. You don't see many free kicks scored from that distance. And whether the keeper supply or not, I think you get to Christie. So. I think either of us were going to give it the Rangers one. It might have done, but no, I get a free kick. I think, but I, there wasn't any really like, great contenders compared to last week. There was maybe a, the contenders were a bit better. But uh, I, I'm, I'm still disappointed you didn't give it to the diving header. <laughs> yeah, hi. Well, love a diving header. <laughs> they are good. Anything else you want to cover? I think we've covered everything this week. I think there was quite a lot there. Cops, Europe, weekend action. We had Megan on earlier. It's like a podcast I do apps. I know you get the, the, the better first half, um, and then you get me coming on as a second half sub. <laughs> Not at all. It's good having you back on. You missed last week. I know. Life getting in the way as usual. Uh-huh. Not quite as much as life gets in the way of some of our um, fellow hosts. We did mention earlier, we did mention it at the, the opening. Yeah. Aye, well, that's, uh, to me that's got to be highlighted in the week. Definitely, aye. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I shall add my congratulations to that. Definitely. Hope Enjoying uh, the Norris family. Yes. Um, so I we've got the midweek fixture card coming up. Tomorrow night starts Sunday night perhaps. Aye. That's on. That's on, on Sky and then the Celtics at Man game. Uh, yes, both games on Sky are kicking off at 6 o'clock, yes. so don't be too late. Um, the rest of the games on Wednesday are 7.45 kickoffs. so that's Aberdeen Hamilton, as we mentioned earlier, with the depleted squad. Uh, Mother Robinson, Rangers Rose and St. Johnson, and you've got Ross County come over. And then at the weekend, I think we've got Hibs and Motherwell on half five, is that one on the telly? Oh, I've not even looked that far ahead yet, it's just one game at a time just now. Don't be used to it. We're gonna have two games at a time in the podcast. I know we've got Celtic. Um, aye, no, aye. Celtic host Aberdeen. Celtic Aberdeen. Uh, um, and then you've got Hamilton, St. Marin, Kilmarnock, St. Johnson, Ross County, Dun United. That's a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Hibs Willowball half five sixty minutes on the telly, uh, and then on Sunday you've got half four kickoff Livingston versus Rangers. Yes. So Rangers come for a plastic pitch. What Rangers usually do reasonably well, I don't know. So, um, that's, that's the point. Of the, the, the teams that are uh, currently 100%, I think Ross County hosting Kilmarnock can probably continue that um, if they're picking up the one they once. Um, Hibs are about to done United's a tricky one. I'm glad that one's on the telly. That's a big game to watch. Aye. Uh, and then Rangers hosting St. Johnson. Rangers are at home. So, uh, so there's a novel. Like St. Johnson going to Ibrox finally. The game that never happened last <laughs> season. The only <laughs> fixture that was never actually completed. I like to say that, eh? 
Nej, så jeg, vi, 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 vi er faktisk ikke interesseret i det. Um, and then we can, you know, I have chosen the Malabu, Malabu have started to get it. Ross Kevin, a host and done the 80, that went first. And then again, we know the other version. So, um, good that it's coming second fast. Although I did realize that, that uh, Celtic, given the, the European game has been scheduled for Tuesday, now play Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, so they get three games a week. Got to have to get used to that and all, because there's not going to be much light up. Celtic should be used to that anyway. It's pretty much as most of the I, I think the, the problem with that though is because there's no winter break this year it's just going to be all the way to the end of the season you see the <laughs> squad maybe no getting rest. more you would hope so but you are looking at still aye I think so I think there needs to be quality across the squad it can't just be seat fillers which is why I was mumping and moaning about the likes of Stephen Fletcher being along with I don't think Stephen Fletcher was good enough for Celtic 12 years ago. I still don't think he's good enough for Celtic. I certainly don't think it now. Well, you've um, got other areas as well. You, you need to uh, centre-back if Ayer or Fulon get injured. I know yeah, that you're well, but there's no much beyond that, I know. No, we definitely need strength from that. So. I think we're still starting in goalkeepers as well, because um, there's talk of Hazard leaving. Um, oh, I saw that in well, yeah. uh, So, aye, that's the, another position we seem to be still looking at and say defenders is definitely the, the kind of key. Um, I don't know if we need too much in midfield. Yeah. But I'll I play pretty know. well covered there I would say. Still looking obviously at strikers as well. So ah, it's a few positions to cover. You've got time anyway to October. Yeah, but you still want to get them in for Champions League qualifiers as well. Aye. I feel like I say that's every season. I suppose the difficulty is, and we probably had that conversation last year, it was bringing in players that are going to strengthen the first team or potentially be happy to wait and try and compete for a place. Mm-hmm. It's getting the right mentality in because the likelihood is if a defender comes in, are they going to play ahead of Julian and Ayer? Unless you're going to try three to back again. I don't know if Julian's going to play like that every week before he's getting dropped. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, I three at the back might be possible. Well, maybe actually, maybe that's why we're not going for two up front because we don't want to lose any midfield. It was easier to do it when you had uh, Shimanovic and Ayer and Julian, and then you were having your full backs instead of playing at the back and, and the left and right of the back four were able to push it in the midfield a bit more. We don't really have the team set up to do the three at the back at the moment, so we probably do need that third defender before they can do it. Aye, because I suppose there's maybe you could have El Hamed playing there. That's the right of a three. But aye. It's maybe ideal. But he doesn't seem to have played yet, really. Aye, he's playing French, but we seem to have been like Taylor and Frimpong, which took good players to have in the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I have to, to decide how to. The shape of the team, if you like, you're back three. Oh, I don't know who the third did, but I don't know. It seems like the obvious option, I think, announcing it. But I don't know. We shall see what happens against the man. Aye. It's 8 5 on Wednesday night, and then. There's two, there's two decent games. I'm, 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 I haven't managed to watch a live game yet <laughs> this season. Um, Dunny United Hubs should be a good one to pick up if I can manage that tomorrow night. But, um, 
given that the schools are finally going back. <laughs> I might be dealing with get to your bed already. Aye. Uh, as I've been trying to deal with uh, what feels like the last five months. <laughs> the joys. It's been a long, long time since Aye. I was able to say the words, you've got school in the morning. <laughs> no, but I've forgotten what school was. But that. Aye. Well, cheers for cheers to Megan for coming on earlier. Uh, it was good to have you on, and we'll be back next week. Another busy one because we'll have two sets of fixtures to cover. So, right. cheers, Chris. Cheers. <laughs>